Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. Families can be lost if you haven't taken the time to pre-plan for your funeral. And it doesn't mean setting aside money necessarily, but it's at least leaving some instructions for your loved ones so they know what you would have wanted. I know from a personal note, when my mom passed away, if it weren't for my sisters insisting that she share her thoughts with us, that there could have been a lot of disagreement among siblings as far as what mom would have wanted. Who better to let your family know what you want than you? Joining us today to share some insight on how you can do pre-planning is Jim Olson. He's a funeral director at Lippert Olson Funeral Home and a member of the National Funeral Directors Association to discuss and share with us some helpful hints on how you can do pre-planning and make life a little bit easier during a very difficult time for your family. Welcome, Jim. Why, thank you. One of the most uncomfortable subjects I think people deal with is planning their own funeral. And Tony and I have worked with many families where, unfortunately, a fact of life is that someday we're going to deal with the death of a loved one. And we know firsthand, both in our own families and what we've seen other families deal with, the difference between having something planned and not having something planned when it comes to this issue. So as a member of the National Funeral Directors Association, how do you as a member and other members approach funeral pre-planning? As a member of the National Funeral Directors Association, we approach pre-planning with the individuals from their point of view or from the family's point of view. We know that thinking about your own funeral leaves most people feeling a little uneasy, but more and more people are finding that this offers great emotional and financial security for them and their families. Another great thing about it when we're working with these families is we're letting them know that they're going to have a funeral service that truly reflects what they've wanted and also gives them peace of mind knowing that their family are not going to have to make these decisions at a stressful time. Where, I guess, is the best place to start? Do you sit down with your financial advisor first and kind of quantify where the money should come from? Or should you sit down with the funeral director and really start prearranging the details first to determine the cost? Absolutely. We always jokingly say, I don't go to the bakery to buy a car. So it's our, from the funeral point of view, really important to sit down with your funeral director first, make these funeral arrangements, let them understand what your needs and wants are to come up with some sort of financial number to then take to your financial planner or by all means bring your financial planner with you to the funeral arrangements and help them understand the process that we're going to go through and then they can see what would be best for you as far as types of maybe where the funding is going to come from or even ultimately where the funding may go. It's very important to start with your funeral director because each funeral is individual and the price will be different for every person depending on their needs and wants. Yeah, well, you know, and I think this might be a simple question, quite honestly, and I probably should have already asked it, but maybe just as basic as why should I prearrange my funeral or my burial? Pre-planning a funeral can offer families peace of mind, as well as that opportunity to plan a meaningful funeral that reflects the unique life of the individual. And meeting with your local National Funeral Director Association funeral director is a great way to ensure that you have all the information that you need to make these informed decisions, and more importantly, that your wishes are eventually carried out. And you know, Jim, I can speak from the financial planner side, who obviously works with families through the process if a loved one passes. And I can tell you from 25 years of doing this that as I've surveyed families, because we get questions all the time, should we do this? 
house. And of course, we're big proponents of proper estate planning. And the word planning is in our lives every day and pre-planning certainly for these certain events. But I will tell you, as families have testified over the years, the ones who have taken the time to do the pre-planning have been so thankful, except it's an uncomfortable thing to ask their parents about a lot of times. But after the fact, they will generally admit, gosh, it was so wonderful that mom and dad have taken the time because we weren't exactly sure what they would have wanted. And sometimes feel they may have overspent not necessarily knowing or being able to honor their wishes. This is an area that for some reason, people tend to put off until they're near at or well into retirement. Do you tend to counsel people who are much younger than, let's say, the retirement years? Are those folks spending time talking about these things? Absolutely. This is something that the NFDA has emphasized over the years is everyone should pre-plan their funeral. Not everyone should pre-fund their funeral. And that's a big misconception. People think when they pre-plan their funeral that they have to fund their funeral. And that's certainly not true. Many people are in different financial situations. Some are applying for medical assistance. Some are on Title 19. Some are just looking for general estate planning. But every individual should pre-plan their funeral so that their loved ones know what to do during their time of need. I can say this from personal experience because unfortunately I lost my mom at a fairly young age and she had aggressive cancer. So we knew she was going to pass soon and she was completely coherent so we could have discussions and my mom wanted nothing to do with it. And I really give my sisters credit because they were persistent with her and they said, Mom, look, this funeral isn't for you. It's for those you leave behind. Absolutely. And we've seen it happen with so many families. If mom and dad don't leave direction, what ends up happening with those kids. One kid thinks it should be this way, another kid thinks it should be this way, and it's a real tragedy when you see families actually split apart from something that could have easily been handled by mom and dad just leaving some instructions. It wouldn't create any strife in the family, and the family will know and have the peace of mind of knowing, hey, we did it just the way mom and dad would have wanted it done. Absolutely. Again, that's very important to get those wishes out. We always say a good funeral is for the living. It's not for the dead. A funeral director who's also a prolific writer, Thomas Lynch, has written a statement and it says a good funeral gets the dead where they need to go and the living where they need to be. And that's what's so important with this pre-planning is that you're allowing your family to carry out your wishes so that they can move on through their grief process. So if you can take care of this ahead of time, it allows the ones who are left behind to be able to start with their healing process much sooner than those that are trying to find out what the financial items are and what did mom do and where are these papers and all that sort of thing. This can all be alleviated by pre-planning your funeral. You know, I also like the point that you mentioned that the pre-planning doesn't necessarily have to mean for a certain segment of people pre-funding because, you know, at my stage of life, I have a significant amount of life insurance because I have minors and dependents still at home. So in effect, the monies are there. The desires need to be there, though. The wishes need to be there. So in some cases, those who have resources that could be allocated very quickly towards the cost don't necessarily have to earmark money because they might have resources or assets like life insurance and other things that are already there to be able to provide the funding. But that doesn't help communicate the desires and the wishes. So that's the kind of the difference, I think, what you meant between pre-planning is a good idea for everyone, but pre-funding isn't necessary for everyone. Absolutely. Again, if you've got things in place such as insurance or funds available at the time of need, again, that's not for everybody. There are certain people who need to spend down money because they're going through the Title 19 process that the state allows you to put those funds aside specifically for your funeral expenses. They are not counted against you as an asset, and you're allowed to have this money. 
money. So again, there's enough money at the end for you to take care of your funeral. And I think that's important, Jim. I just want to comment that if you're in that stage of life, for example, if you're older and you're starting to plan for potential nursing home expectations, that's somebody who tends to more pre-fund, especially if they might be positioning their estate for Medicaid or Title 19. Again, the rules different state by state, but the state that we're in and that you are a funeral director here in Wisconsin, you do have the right to set aside a specific amount of money in a irrevocable funeral trust, which is earmarked for your funeral expenses and is not something that you have to spend down to qualify for Medicaid or Title 19. So if your health has changed dramatically and you're headed towards some kind of care, before you spend down too much, make sure that you have done your pre-planning because those are exempt assets that you can definitely earmark for these obvious expenses in the future. Absolutely. And again, people sometimes have a misconception that because they have insurance that that can be used at that time. And unfortunately, if there's cash value to an insurance policy, for example, that is seen as an asset by the state. So we have to make sure that that insurance policy would be transferred into an irrevocable trust, again, so that it can only be used for those final expenses and not be seen as an asset to the family, which would disqualify them from some sort of medical assistance. Now, with the funeral trust, there's probably a couple different approaches. It may differ, again, by state, but you could obviously fund it with a CD at the bank. You could purchase an annuity product, or you could take an existing life insurance policy and assign it to a trust. And the funeral home themselves makes these options available, correct? Absolutely. There are many different funding options that we have. CDs, unfortunately, with the interest rates these days, are just not the way to go. But in the state of Wisconsin, we have certainly access to insurance or annuity products, but we also have a master trust in our state, as do many states that have a master trust. Where families put that money in, it is administered by a third party, it makes interest, and again, that money is your money, marked irrevocable, and is used at the time of death for your funeral expenses. Sometimes the problems we run into with certain insurance policies that aren't either assignable or pre-need situation is we run into this problem where there's money that has to be paid up front. For example, it's called a cash advance. These are things you have to pay the minister, you have to pay the organist, you have to pay the cemetery to open and close the grave. And those are due before the funeral. We have to physically pay those the day of the service. And with insurance, if we're waiting four to six weeks, who is going to pay that money up front? You certainly can't expect the funeral director to be paying out thousands of dollars every funeral on your behalf, knowing they're going to get it back six weeks from now. This is one of the issues or problems that funeral homes run into with certain types of funding, and that's why it's so important for your financial planner to sit down with your funeral director and work this out to make sure that there are funds readily available at the time of death. And I think that's such a great point, as we always explain on this program, that it's always a team approach. Whether you're working on your estate planning, you should be working with your financial planner and your estate planning attorney. If it's tax planning, your CPA and financial planner, prearranged funeral planning, again, it's a team approach. You should never have to go that alone. And this is something that, quite frankly, it's eventual. It's eventuality. It's something that should be dealt with and nothing is more important than leaving your wishes behind. Jim, we're going to take a short break and when we come back, let's dive a little bit into this concept of the Bill of Rights. I think this is something obviously backed by the Funeral Directors Association. So let's talk about what this Bill of Rights is and make people aware of how important that is when working with a qualified funeral director. So please stay tuned. 
This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Don't forget to visit the Resources for You section on your Real Wealth Professionals website. You'll find links to many educational tools and resources. You'll also find a must-read section including many great authors who have been guests on past programs. Feel free to order any books that interest you or someone you know. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Jim Olson, who's a funeral director at Lippert Olson Funeral Home in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and also a member of the National Funeral Directors Association. And we've been talking about a subject matter that sometimes isn't always the first thing that families want to talk about. However, as a financial planner, we encourage families to do this simply because at an emotional time, it's very difficult to be making financial decisions. So there's no better time than to have mom and dad take care of these issues up front so that the family can focus on on family and mourning and those type of things and know that these financial arrangements are already put in place and the desires and wishes are honored. Before the break, we were talking about a number of different subjects, who should plan and why and pre-funding and things like that. But let's talk a little bit about this concept of the Bill of Rights. Help us understand what that means. Absolutely. The National Funeral Directors Association put together a Bill of Rights for consumers so that it walks them through the process. The pre-planning Bill of Rights is a guideline. It walks you through the pre-planning process. It lets you know the questions to ask and the expectations from the funeral director and for the funeral director. Just by simply reading the statements on the Bill of Rights, you're going to understand which questions to ask and hopefully what your reputable, ethical NFDA member funeral director is going to do in return for you, making the proper disclosures and walking you through the process and making sure you have copies of everything that we've done when we've sat down to prearrange the funeral. If someone is going to prepay for their funeral, what happens to the interest that that money earns? Is there a prepayment penalty for paying off these arrangements in advance? How does that all work? Right. It depends on the vehicle that is set up. So, for example, if we look back at old bank CDs or a trust situation, Wisconsin Master Trust, the interest is taxable at the end of the year. But if we were to use a different type of vehicle for the funding using an insurance trust, again, it's not life insurance, it's a whole different thing, or an annuity, then there are no taxes on that interest. And as far as if they're transferable or can you move these things around, what else can you do for that? This is your money in your name in a trust. So therefore, is whoever provides the funeral services at the end would have access to those funds. So for example, we're here in Wisconsin, someone comes and makes funeral arrangements with me, pre-arrangements with me, we fund the funeral and it's in a trust. Five years from now, they decide, you know what, I'm done with these cold winters here in Wisconsin, I want to move to Florida something happens in Florida, the funeral home who provides the funeral services has access to the money. So again, it's not the funeral home's money. It's your money in your name earmarked for your funeral expenses. I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have. And I think there's also a misconception because whether it's a funeral home or financial advisor, a lot of them when doing this pre-planning for the funding 
are typically one size fits all. And there really is a lot of options. And if they understand what those options are, you talk about the taxes, but with today's interest rate environment, if they're only getting one or 2% on a life insurance or an annuity, there might be other alternatives that they're accustomed to investing in other things that they might want to look at that for their funeral trust, just knowing that there might be some taxes to pay. But one thing I find with a lot of seniors who are doing this planning, typically they're in a low tax bracket or possibly not even even paying any income taxes, so they tend to be fearful of some tax that may not even affect them. So it's really important you sit down and, again, that team approach of understanding the options and picking an option that fits your circumstance. Absolutely. Again, families are afraid of that, and I would say a large percentage of those families that I work with who are in that stage, that Title 19 stage, who are setting this money aside, those people are not paying taxes at this point. There is no more income, you know, maybe minimal Social Security, but they're certainly not in a bracket where they're going to be paying taxes on that interest. Now, we've touched on this a little bit. Let's assume that a person had done their pre-planning and eventually ended up in a nursing home and did not have assets remaining. If they, let's say, had set aside $10,000 and their funeral trust covered those expenses, except, let's say, the expenses came in at $9,000 and they were collecting benefits from their state Medicaid program, what typically happens with the balance? With the balance, again, if, if it's set up correctly through Title 19 guidelines, is that the state would have access to those funds. It's under the state of Wisconsin, for example, Wisconsin is the state recovery program. So what we, the funeral director, have to do is refund the money to the estate of if there is an estate set up, then the state can come in and take those funds back. But the state is really great about allowing you to use that money for the funeral. Again, they don't want you not to spend the money. That's your money, and if it's gained and grown in interest, they encourage you to use that money for perhaps more flowers or maybe a luncheon afterwards or something that might not have been included in the original pre-plan. So that as long as the money is spent on a legitimate funeral expense, we can spend the money. If not, again, the money has to go back to the estate of the individual. Actually, Jim, that just happened with a family of mine, and that's why it was a great question I asked, and your answer was perfect in that. Don't assume that the state just takes that. Of course, it's probably appropriate to budget properly up front to not have a substantial excess, of course. And when you're working with a qualified professional, you're probably able to narrow that price range pretty close to what a person's needs are. And if you pick the right investment vehicle to try and keep pace with inflation, it should be pretty well on track. But in this particular case, the family did have some excess left. And knowing what the rules were, just as you stated, they did decide to do some additional things after that were funeral-related, even though it wasn't part of the initial plan and it was still okay and Wisconsin permitted it. Absolutely. Again, that's just another one of the great reasons why you sit down together with your financial planner and your funeral director to get that number correct to begin with, put it in the proper vehicle so that it does keep up with inflation, and there should be just enough money at the end for those expenses. And one thing I just got to mention, because we keep saying Wisconsin, please don't mistake the fact that these are available. Title 19 is a federal program that's administered by the states. So each state is going to have little different nuances in how this works, but the federal law does allow for prearranged funeral arrangements. It might just vary a little bit from state to state. There might be limits on what you can do, and this is why it's important to work with professionals 
professionals and get this done ahead of time. I always say most people, if the roof's leaking but it's sunny out, why bother? But when it's raining out, it's too late. So same thing with the pre-planning. When the skies are clear and there's no problems, you don't have any stress of the moment and you can really make intelligent decisions. And if you make sure you understand what the rules are, you can make the right decisions for you and your family. Absolutely. Again, that's why it's so important to meet with a licensed funeral director in your city. They're going to understand the nuances of each state, of each county, and all the way down to each municipality, depending on where some of these funding options can come from or go to. Different counties sometimes have programs that can help pay towards funerals, so that funeral director is going to understand what's allowed in their county. They're going to know their social service office in town, who they work with. They know these social workers who are sitting down with the families and letting them know their options. So again, we know in your community, in your state, what the rules and regulations are. Jim, you mentioned the importance of, again, the team approach and working with your insurance professional, your funeral director, and the team approach. But just out of curiosity, in your practice in running your firm, how often do you see a family come in who has finally made that decision to do pre-planning and coordinate with their financial advisor? It probably doesn't happen as often as it should, I would imagine. It does not happen very often at all. Many times, again, for example, in the last month here at my funeral home, I've had three families that have come to me after setting things up with their financial planner. And unfortunately, then we sat down and looked at it and said, this isn't going to be correct for Title 19. We need to make these changes. So fortunately, we were able to catch that ahead of time. But if it got to the situation where this person was going into looking for some sort of assistance, they would not have been qualified simply by the way that their funeral trust was set up. And again, we talked a little bit earlier about sometimes needing funds upfront for those cash advanced items. And sometimes if these are in an estate type situation, That can be a while before that person is appointed by the court to be the administrator of the estate. And those funds can oftentimes get tied up, which now has put that burden back on your family because now they have to quick scramble and come up with some money up front. Well, I think what you just explained there is the definition of team approach doesn't mean going to one professional first and making a decision, then going to the next, and that professional has to react to the previous decision. It's coordinating the two together and determining what's the best solution before action is actually taken. Absolutely. That's great. If I was sitting on the sidelines and just thinking about this, or let's say I'm not thinking about it at all, just share with us again from your perspective why this is so important and why anyone at any age, because let's realize that at any age, once you're an adult, you are responsible for your own affairs. So tell us, I guess, what would motivate a younger person at this point to take some action and get these things taken care of? Again, everybody should do this. You never know. I mean, again, we people don't like to talk about this, but we like to say in our industry is that the death rate is 100%. It's going to happen. And unfortunately, the moment we are born, we start to die. That's just a fact of life. So you never know when something is going to happen. I have many people, oh, I'll do it when I retire, and they don't make it to retirement age because of something that happened. It's so important to take care of this ahead of time for everybody, especially if you are younger and perhaps you're still working and you travel a lot and you're constantly here and you're constantly there. If something were to happen to you, figure out what would happen if I am literally in London on a business trip, how am I going to get back to the United States? And that's something that you can sit down with, again, your funeral director and figure out and your financial planner. There are many products available for financing that include some sort of travel or transportation clause in there that's not going to cost you anything extra. So again, find out those options from your financial planner and also from your funeral director. Well, and I have to ask, as a parent, I can't fathom the day that might come where a parent has to maybe deal with this issue for their child. And even if potentially it's a minor child, 
do you see families often planning for those situations where they've had conversations with maybe the child who is not necessarily an adult yet, but at least understand what their desires might be? I got to believe that's pretty rare. It is pretty rare, but again, it's a conversation that needs to happen, and it's got to be a conversation around the dinner table. It's got to yeah. be one of those where you sit down in a non-threatening situation. When everything is great, then you talk about it. Again, you talk about the roof leaking when the sun's not shining, but we need to talk about this and get this out. We do see many people, though, that are planning ahead for their families, whether it's themselves buying additional grave spaces so that there are graves available for their children, or buying mausoleum space in a family-type setting so that they have something prepared for their children. That's wonderful. I mean, it's just not something, again, people want to prioritize and think about, but it's certainly such an important thing to do. Jim, you have provided a lot of enlightening information today, and I think this is a subject that's not discussed enough. So we appreciate you spending some time today helping our listeners understand what the options are and inspiring them to work with the team approach, their funeral director, their insurance professional, their advisor team, and making sure that these things get taken care of. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're very welcome. It was nice talking with you. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your real wealth advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real wealth advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.